Hare Krishna, everybody. Welcome again. So, welcome to this uh, episode of Bhakti Sutra. Today we are going to cover Sloka 63 to 67. Before we start, I'll just say the prayer to Guru and God. Vamagyanati Mirandasya, Gyananjanaya Shalake, Chakshuru Militamena, Tasmai Sri Guru Venamaha. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Can you say Guru Brahma? Yes, yes, Chitraji, please. Go ahead, you don't. Guru Brahma, Guru Vishnu, Guru Devo Maheshwara. Guru Sakshat Parabrahma, Tasmai Shri Guru Venamaha. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. So in the 62nd sloka, I think we spoke about remembering God even when we have good times and not just going to God when we need something. I think that was one of the central ideas. And we also discussed how Naraji advises us that we should not try to give up all material duties until we reach success in the spiritual path. So, sannyasa is not for everybody. So, I think that those were the central ideas behind the 62nd shloka. So, today let's start with 63rd. Stri dhan. Stri dhan. Nastika. 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 Vairi charitram. Vairi Charitram. Na Shravaniyam. Na Shravaniyam. Yeah. Excellent. So basically, Stri Dhan and means the description of women, wealth, atheists, and enemies. So Naraji is here saying the seekers of divine love, they should not engage in discussions about sex and riches and atheism, and in general, enmity towards anybody, all these topics, we shouldn't be engaging in those discussions. See, as you all know, there are two worlds. One world is our internal world. And then one is the outernal, external world. <laughs> I was saying outernal world. That's a nice word. You said. Yeah, internal world and external world. The external is made by God. Of course, we know that that world is made by using the five elements. And the inner mind, what is it made of? The outer outer world is made up of Panchabhutas, like the five elements. The inner world, we make our own inner world based on our own illusions and delusions. <laughs> that creates our inner world. But the point is, the inner world determines our experience of the outer world. Let us say, tomorrow, like, Suchita comes in front of me. And let us say, I have this reverence. As my, my mind believes that, you know, women in general are 
divine and they have good qualities and all of that and i feel the same way that suchita is a wonderful person and when she comes in front of me that's going to be a pleasant experience for me but let us say i have delusions in my mind there are many men uh, even women but in the context of this example there are many men who have lot of delusions in their mind they will say oh all women are like this all women are cheats all women are you know very strong delusion so they cannot trust any woman in fact there are some podcasts going on these days uh, uh, some some guys they are becoming extremely popular because they are openly supporting this view that you know all women are like that you can't trust them and all of that but if my mind has such delusions the same suchita walks in front of me that is not going to be a pleasant experience for me see what happened was the same in both instances it was the same lady sujita crossing the same path of the same me but based on how my mind was how my inner world was that external occurrence creates a different see when we say world what does it what does it mean i mean the world is only what you make out of it you know like one person will say the world is a very bad place the world is a very you know uh, poor place hungry place one person will say the world is beautiful it's all how we look at the world that is what the world is for all practical purposes so in other words our inner mind the inner world it is what matters because that is what determines the experience of the outer world so it is foolish to think some people have this agenda they are like i'm going to fix the world it's a very foolish concept see it is like you are having a camera you are trying to take pictures okay and every picture seems to have a black spot in it and now you are searching for that spot everywhere you are looking for the spot in the tree in the bird in the moon and you are like now i am on a mission to go and eliminate all spots from the world but all you have to do is check the lens the spot is on the camera lens right the same way there is the world doesn't need fixing really in the true sense we may think the world is messed up and all of that but it is perfect there is a purpose behind everything so as such the world doesn't need to be fixed what needs to be fixed is our inner world so that is why the entire bhagavad gita krishna never said go and tell this to others or if you see somebody like this go and change him or there is nothing like the entire bhagavad gita is about how you can change your inner self how you can purify yourself because that is how your experience of the world will change the same holds true for your experience of god like we saw in the bhagavad gita god is standing in front of duryodhana but his inner world is so messed up that god is standing in front of him he is saying i am god he is showing him his vishwarupa but still that doesn't but that is because his inner world is so messed up so we should have that taken care of our mind should not have negativities our mind should not have blockages 
so that is why the other day i was telling a few of you i think we were having offline discussions so even when we talk about love when we say love what is the first thought that comes to mind if it is something negative if it is fear if it is anxiety if it is you know are if i say i love somebody that person will you know take advantage of me there are so many negative feelings that comes in our mind then how would we practice divine love because we are saying we should love god but the word love itself has not yet your inner world is not yet accepted it correct so that is the concept here where naraji says as long as our inner world is not purified and stabilized it is only going to get more and more aggravated if you are going to expose it to external disturbances so you have to first become a sthita pragya that is what we discussed earlier ha once you become a sthita pragya you have become like that butter and then go dive into the water no problem but right now we are all like adulterated milk a little bit of lemon will spoil us a little bit of chili will spoil us if we try to get in contact with water we get totally diluted so naraji says as long as we are in that state we have to avoid these disturbances like just like you know the the science is very simple like let us say some some alcoholic is trying to quit alcohol this is a very common example you may be knowing friends or relatives or some of you maybe yourself have this problem god forbid but you know we are trying to quit alcohol and they think they are making good progress and then the neighbor walks in with a bottle of imported scotch whiskey you know now the same person who thought he was managing to control his mind suddenly finds it extremely difficult now what changed there was an external disturbance and the internal world was not yet ready the internal world was not yet calm and stable because of that at that instance if this external stimuli comes and you kind of encourage that stimulus then 99.99% it's going to disturb you you are probably going to break your resolution and go have a drink now that's one of the main reasons why in the previous lokas naraji had said avoid kusanga remember that discussion we had lengthy discussion that is one of the reasons we are not judging anybody and saying they are bad all we are saying is we are not ready so until we become ready we need to protect ourselves it is like a small plant we are like small plants it needs protection from animals it needs protection from wind it needs protection from too much water we put fence around it we tie you know threads to what all we do to but once it becomes a big tree it doesn't need any protection then it can handle the same wind it can handle the same animal no problem just like that when we are progressing on the path avoid kusanga avoid bad company and avoid these topics that naraji is talking about because they are all very provocative disturbing things which will pull us down and we cannot make further progress on the path that is the whole teaching as krishna had given a warning if you remember the shloka starts as yatato hyapi kaunteya purushasya vipakshitah indriyani pramatini 
Haranti Prasabam Manah. He had said, the senses are so strong and turbulent, O son of Kunti, they can forcibly carry away the mind even of a person endowed with discrimination. Even a person who is practicing self-control can become a victim. That is how powerful and these senses are. So Naraji says, just don't just avoid bad company, also avoid bad topics. You know, you may say, okay, I don't have bad company, I'm sitting alone. But then that iPhone that you have, that shiny iPhone that's calling you, you know, and you can't resist. I have to go look at these YouTube channels. I have to go look at this Instagram. God knows what all. Like, you know, these days kids tell me, kids ask me, ah, are you not on Pinterest? I'm like, I have no interest in Pinterest. <laughs> no, but, but, but then these negative influences can come even if you're sitting alone. That is today's reality. So Naraji's this teaching is very relevant for us. So just because we are sitting alone doesn't mean we have avoided it. it also avoid these kind of discussions. Because they are going to just distract us. So once I attended a lecture by Swami Chinmayananda, I hope you all know about him. Very famous Swami. And he has a very humorous way of teaching. Uh, I've, I've listened to many of his lectures on many topics. So in one such lecture, you know, see, you all know, like, uh, especially in India, when we have a bike or a car, we are very worried about it getting rust rusted. So we apply wax coating, a special coating is available. They, these days I heard they do that even for bicycles. Like they have to prevent, and they very proudly sell it, anti-rust coating. You know, <laughs> so Swami Chinmayananda in one of his lectures, he says, we should apply Narayana oil to our mind. Narayan <laughs> Telagao, it says to our mind, so that it does not get rusted or impacted by various negativities. So what does that mean, applying Narayana oil? That means uh, all the time in the mode of Narayana, Narayana. You know, <laughs> so somebody says something disturbing Narayana, Narayana. You know, you... <laughs> So, that is very effective. The same thing we learnt in the Bhagavad Gita. The technique of replacement. So, that's what is going to help us. So, let's go to the next sloka, sloka 64. Abhimana 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 Dhambadikam Dhambadikam Tyajyam yeah, this means pride, hypocrisy, vanity, and similar negative qualities should be abandoned. Count how many times now we have heard about pride. Abhiman. Abhiman means pride. Main culprit, the biggest culprit, which does not let us go near God. I mean, God is everywhere, but we are so big. We are so important. We are so intelligent. We can't acknowledge. You know, we discussed in the previous session. Show me the evidence. That is that pride. Convince me. That's the pride. So very, very careful. And Naraji earlier had said, he had said that based on the grace of the Guru, once we manage to get rid of our pride, then with just a little bit of grace from God, we achieve success on the path of Bhakti Yoga. I hope you remember that 
statement from Naraji. The Guru keeps coming up again and again because that is considered to be one of the jobs of the Guru. First, the Guru himself or herself needs to be aware when the pride is becoming prominent and they have to work on themselves. Once they have successfully worked on themselves, it is their job, one of their primary jobs is to make sure that if you come across a Guru who is always pumping you up, you know, you are so awesome, you are so wonderful, you know, then that Guru is not very effective. At the same time, a Guru should not be insulting you. A Guru should not be putting you down. Guru should not be doing that either. A Guru is supposed to be stable and his, his job is not to take away your pride. Guru's job is just to point you, tell you where pride is becoming prominent, where pride is becoming an issue. And then it is you who is supposed to work on the pride. We discussed that also. Like if you are hungry, Somebody can give you food. Somebody cannot eat for you. Just like that, for your purification, somebody can, a guru can point. A guru can say what you should do, what you should not do. A guru, a real guru will never come and try and fix you. True gurus don't do that. They don't fix people. They enable you to fix yourself. You know, they don't trouble you. They don't disturb you. At the same time, they don't pump you up or they don't try to fix you. So that is how, what a guru, that is why Naraji keeps saying that once you get the grace of a guru, in other words, once some such guru comes into your life and is able to enable you to purify yourself and elevate yourself, then you are on the right path. And then once that happens, then you just need a little bit of grace from God, like a additional push and then you get success on the path. And Sri Krishna has also reiterated many times that pride and ego must be given up. Does anybody remember any word? So Krishna has said, the person who gives up all material desires and is free from greed, sense of ownership, egoism, only such a person attains peace. Now Lord Rama, Sri Krishna, all great perfected souls, they have taken avatar and they have all taken birth and led by example and taught us this. This lesson is there no matter which sant and which avatar has taken birth, there is always there will be a lesson about ego and pride. Look at the story of any avatar, look at the story of any sant. This will always be there. And they have all shown that progress starts with the humble relationship with the Guru. Lord Rama himself sought a Guru. Krishna sought a Guru. Not that they needed a Guru. But they wanted to lead by example that humility starts there. You know, that is where we start practicing and then we go. The other thing we also discussed was Sri Krishna said in the Bhagavad Gita that we cannot directly focus and achieve union with Nirguna Brahman. The impersonal aspect of it. Sulataji remembers that she Summarized it very beautifully. Sulataji, why can't we uh, succeed by just focusing on the Nirguna Brahman? Yeah, because uh, uh, the form, the sorry, in the form, what do you say? Sakari, right? Nirguna, Nirguna, yeah. Yeah, Nirguna Nirakar or Fir Saguna Sakar. Saguna Sakar. Saguna Sakar is with the attributes, you know, for, 
in the form we worship yes. then he is full of mercy mercy so yes. we can grace we can get grace of god and mercy of god when we have this excellent form. excellent because when we say nirguna there is no guna so mercy is also guna grace is also guna so it is kind of illogical to try and focus on nirguna brahma and saying give me grace give me divine love because you already said it is nirguna so where will love come from where will grace come from so the nirguna nirakar brahman is only for the intellectuals i mean that is also a fact that also is there and saguna aspect is also there form is also there in bhagavad gita krishna himself has said i have a form also and so in bhagavad gita krishna has said let let the nyanis focus on the nirguna as much as they want you are the bhaktas if you are a bhakta and you want my grace and love just focus on the form but even that is not easy even focusing on the form and attaining god's grace even that is not easy that needs a lot of practice and what is the best practice this is i mean i am trying to summarize what krishna had also said in the bhagavad gita is first the unmanifest aspect unmanifest nirguna nirakar no attributes aspect that is beyond anybody's comprehension but the nyanis can spend all their lives trying to conceptualize it then comes the saguna the aspect of god which has a form but it is still god right and then closer to us is the manifested aspects the manifested avatar let us say and then manifested saints and then the gurus the guru is probably the closest so summary is practice like that and keep elevating you know practice with the guru then practice with god and that is how you you make progress and achieve liberation again in the corporate sector like because people like me we have been in leadership roles for many many years so one of the one of the advice we give to the youngsters because we see them suffering we see them struggling many times so one of the best advices we give them is because we cannot tell them hey respect your boss that's not going to work they are youngsters is 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 you know so what at least i tell and people like me tell these youngsters is use your boss you know your boss is there to help you use them if you want something from some some other team and they are not cooperating use your boss you know that makes sense to these youngsters then they come to the boss boss we need help you know but doesn't matter how you put it across the fact is that a teacher is there for that purpose use the teacher in a good way we we, we don't mean use in the negative way we are saying use means utilize that and make sure that serves the right purpose for you and takes you towards your larger goal because lot of avatars have said they are not impressed with see i'll go one step back why we keep emphasizing so much on this topic is 
if you cannot like a human a human teacher is in front of you and you are not able to keep your ego under check you are not able to keep your pride under check there is a manifested real perceivable human entity who is in front of you you cannot do that right but you think you can control your ego and pride with an entity that you cannot perceive what do you call that i'll give 100 marks to somebody who who gives me the right word <laughs> simran ji what do we call it's that like a mirage. mirage it's, it's like, like a mirage, mirage. like i don't know yes so yes you you are getting close very close missed the question vinay so there is a real perceivable entity in front of you in the form of a teacher let us say and you are not able to practice lack of ego you are not able to practice humility there but you somehow have a belief that but i can practice it with a god who you cannot even perceive so this kind of a belief delusion. yes delusion. that is delusion. delusion delusion because the evidence tells you you are not able to but you somehow think no no god yes my my humility is for god but what is what is the evidence that you can be humble and you don't even know how god how to how to perceive god right maybe god is perceived in an insect god is perceived in a animal right so that is delusional behavior and that is why many of god's avatars they have said that they are least impressed with your intellectual abilities yeah intellect has a purpose intellect is supposed to be used to take us to our goal the intellect should not become a matter of pride and lot of saints have said your intellect is not what's going to impress me what we need is simple pure purity and humility is all they have been asking see we can fool our friends we can fool our teachers our parents even uh, we can be sweet and polite and you know see this is what uh, modern society teaches us i mean they say oh when you see somebody say hey how do you do no so we come across very sweetly we don't really care about their answer do we how, how many of us really wait for the answer and you know many many times people hey how do you do and before you can answer they have closed the door you know so the point is this external show this externally looking like we are very sweet and humble these things they they are not uh, a sign of lack of ego but can you fool god it's not possible we cannot fool god that way to impress god what we have to do we have to genuinely share our pride and ego manners is not what god is looking for <laughs> god is looking for genuineness god is looking for actually don't have ego or pride in front of me there is no alternative but however when we are kids our teachers and our parents they always trained us they say oh be nice and polite say good morning say please all these trainings happen what is the purpose the purpose is once we practice this kind of behavior with your own parents and with your own teachers then you become ready to practice it with everybody else 
if you can't practice being nice even with your own parents what makes you think you are going to be a nice member of this society just like that all the saints say that especially when you deal with saints be very humble when you approach any saint for that matter be very humble don't have any ego in your mind i'm not talking about your behavior in your mind don't have any ego because that is how you practice and eventually you will learn how to behave that way with god and when you behave that way with god all god says is be humble be pure that's all and then you are ready to get god's grace and how to be humble and pure practice practice how to practice utilize the people in your life utilize your satsang utilize your teacher guru utilize the sant saints who you come in contact with and practice why i am saying all of this is sometimes some people have this misconception that i will be nice only with god it feels very nice to hear all of that but that is delusional behavior you know first of all there is no evidence that you are nice because you have not been nice with anybody that is first delusion second delusion is you really don't know who god is what god looks like so i am not nice with my teacher i am not nice with my parents i am not nice with my satsanga but i will be nice with god that is a very delusional behavior and krishna has said that delusion is not going to take us towards liberation so that kind of practice is very important to reiterate naraji's uh, message in this shloka avoid diplomacy cunningness prideful behavior egoistic behavior with people with your seniors with your parents with your teacher with your guru avoid with all of them then you automatically become conditioned to be on the right path and receive god's grace see rama has also said so you know ramayana is divided into many khandas so there is a khanda called sundara khanda i will touch upon that also so lord sri rama has said i like this uh, verse a lot whenever i hear it 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 just sounds melodious but i am not uh, that good in singing it so pardon me nirmala janmana so mohi pava mohi kapata chala chidrana bava ved lene patuva dasa sisa tabahuna kachu baya hani kapisa only the person with a pure heart can find me not the one with deceit and hypocrisy so even if ravana sends a spy to find out our secrets or sugriva there is no need to fear the setting is sugriva is telling lord rama that you know looks like ravana is sending somebody don't trust that person you know that person could be a spy so sugriva feels that way even about vibhishan so sugriva is telling rama you know ravana might be sending a spy i mean you have to be careful and then ram smiles and then ram says this so what lord rama is trying to say is deceit and hypocrisy cannot come near me don't worry <laughs> you know those things won't really affect me impact me and i won't let them even come near me only a person with a pure heart can actually find me you know if if it is really a person who is coming with a lot of deceit in in his mind he won't even find me so this is the assurance he is giving sugriva and that is a message for all of us you know we cannot be diplomatically reaching god 
<laughs> we are capable of that. We are capable of, you know, trying to be very smart and diplomatic with God also. <laughs> But that is not going to be working for us. Beautiful. The Avadi language is beautiful. You should read it sometime if you can. So just for your information, if you don't know, Ram Char the Ramayana and also Ram Charitmanas. Ram Charitman. Is Pardon me. Ram Charitman. No. Yes, Ram. yes. 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 Ram Charitmanas. But Tulsi Dasji is written in Avadi language. There is a site uh, you can uh, Google on IIT Ram Charitmanas because uh, a bunch of IITians have created a site for Ram so Charitmanas. Yeah, where you you can listen to every uh, shloka also there. It just feels very sweet, melodious. I mean, the Ramayana is divided into seven sections, seven khandas. Uh, so if you go look at it, uh, what I am telling you may help you get a context of what you are seeing there. First khanda is Bala khanda. This section covers the birth and early life of Rama. Then second khanda is Ayodhya khanda, where Rama's exile and all of that is covered. Then third is Aranya khanda, the story of Rama, Lakshmana, Sita, and what all happened in the forest. Then fourth is Kishkinda khanda. which will focus on rama and lakshmana's encounter with sugriva and their search for sita basically fifth is sundara khanda that is where hanuman ji reaches lanka and now he meets sita and rama's message to her and also rama's encounter uh, hanuman's encounter with ravana and then sixth is lanka khanda it is also known as uh, Yuddha Khanda in some versions. This describes how the war was being prepared, the battle of Rama and Ravana's forces, and so on and so forth, and how Sita was rescued. That is all. The sixth Khanda, the seventh final Khanda is Uttara Khanda. That is return of Rama, Sita, and Lakshmana to Ayodhya, and the coronation of Rama, and everything that happened after that. So these are the seven Khandas. So. when somebody says sundara khanda you will you should get some idea of what they are talking about so we can go to shloka 65 are you ready okay i think we still have some time yes tad arpita akila acharah ah can you repeat tad arpita arpita akila acharah one should decide one should dedicate all activities unto the lord and then desire anger greed pride and similar material defects should also be turned towards god chitra ji had asked a question in one of our past sessions and where we had said that yes even the vikaras you sacrifice to god so we will go into that topic a little more here the god has created the soul in such a way that it will have desire strong desire 
that is how god has created the soul desire in itself is not wrong there is nothing wrong in desire what is wrong is what you desire for so the material desires desires for material things in the material world that is what is wrong when we turn the same desire towards god it becomes bhakti and that is good that is a good desire you should have it so in other words you may although desire is called as a vikara you can utilize it to progress and reach god by turning it towards god okay because you need to have a very strong desire for god that is what is bhakti strong bhakti similarly anger krishna has said kama krodh lobha he has called this as you know top 3 gateways to hell such a terrible defect however you can turn even that towards god how an example is you know for example you can get angry at yourself you can say why am i having a mind which is taking so long to get purified and detached from the world why am i not getting this why am i not able to develop quickly turn the anger in that way that kind of anger you are utilizing towards god because you are angry because you want to reach god right that is the message here and what you can do when you can't manage your pride turn it towards god and say i am proud that god is my master you know there is a saying don't tell god how big your problems are tell your problems how big your god is so you can feel proud there we can say you know god is my savior you know some people say that na very proudly that's okay <laughs> because there you are directing your pride towards god similarly lust very very powerful force and uh, i had used this example before also and i don't mind repeating it because it's a very very relevant and powerful concept is in physics suchita ji knows it very well i i think even punam ji knows it they are all teachers and chitra ji also i think has taught anish this lesson energy can neither be created nor can be destroyed energy can only be converted from one form to another we all accept that and the same teaching krishna has given thousands of years ago what he has said don't try to not think don't try to fight replace krishna has said whenever you have an urge replace it because that is the nature of energy you can convert it from one form to another you cannot destroy it likewise although people say sexual energy is bad whenever you have sexual feelings yes it is detrimental but that doesn't mean you catch hold of it you try to control it it's not going to work instead you have to transmute it and that energy you have to convert it into a bhakti energy devotional energy if you can do that that becomes a very potent energy see this is now i'm telling you a very scientific fact this is one of the reasons why in olden days they used to encourage brahmacharyam for men 
this was one of the reasons why men were preferred for spiritual studies because this is how god has made humans where man has been given a choice to totally control the sexual energy it is easier for them to control it and then transmute it convert it into spiritual energy that is the only reason for brahmacharyam because it's a very very powerful energy in fact when your sex energy if you are if you know how to convert your sex energy into positive energy that is pretty much what is kundalini they are they use this all big big words right kundalini energy is that it is a coiled energy it's if you misuse it it gets wasted as sex energy if you know how to use it that energy and if you can turn it upwards that actually helps you with god realization self realization is very very powerful the other concept is as long as the mind is present okay i'll i'll go one step back and this is something that i have used on myself also so i can tell you this that sometimes we feel dejected sometimes we feel discouraged sometimes we feel are am i not making progress am i not you know good because i have this sexual uh, energies that i can feel right but what you should tell yourself is if you can still feel those sexual energy in you it is good because that means you have some energy that can be utilized you need some energy you need some fuel now you can turn it in the right direction and reach god so it's not necessarily a bad thing it just means you have fuel which you can now use it in the right direction existence of the fuel is not a problem whether you are using that fuel to you know uh, create fire in a forest or whether you are using that fuel to you know take you to a good place that is our choice to be happy that okay my body still has this energy yes i can use it now in the right way i can convert it and take make my journey towards god faster that is so you should look at it and the other concept is as long as the mind is there this vikaras will be there you know and see if if somebody says i have absolutely no vikaras if that person is telling the truth then the fact is that person absolutely has no mind <laughs> <laughs> because they go together <laughs> you know <laughs> the only thing is if your mind is influenced by this then your mind becomes very dense and when the mind becomes very dense it is closed and if it is closed nothing good will enter it is closed and internally it is trapped all the bad things you know and the good things can't enter because it's it's very tightly gripped all those bad things and become very dense i'm not going to let go all the bad things that i have i I'm, I'm, my fist is so tight now i won't let go of any of that I'm, nothing can enter my fist you know the good things won't enter that is the problem with the mind being impacted by these impurities so we have to make a sincere attempt and we have to practice self discipline it is possible because when you make a only when you make a sincere attempt you will even understand what challenge you are facing otherwise you are going to live in a delusion i will practice devotion when i become 50 and i'll succeed before i die 
you know that's the delusion right because have you even practiced today have you practiced anything at all if you are not practice how do you even know what your opponent looks like and then what makes you so confident that when i become 50 i will face those opponents and win that is stupid and that is delusional at so many levels you know you know this is one of the most common things i hear from youngsters they are like yeah hari krishna hari ram i will do later now i will enjoy life when i am 55 60 then i think that is the time for me to go to hari ram hari krishna you mean when you are totally tired when you are almost sick when all your energy is exhausted at that time you are going to go fight the most powerful enemies wow you are so smart and also somehow you think 50 or 55 is waiting for you you know that is the next delusion so be very careful don't fall into these kind of mindsets so krishna narajji they have all again advise the students avoid these qualities and then disturbed mind cannot grasp spirituality so that is why they say first calm your mind we studied this samatvam because more calm the mind is the better the spiritual experience and how to calm the mind is take care of this negativities and how do you take care of this negativities you cannot try to fight them you cannot try to destroy those negativities you have to convert them and i mean once you actually start practicing you will understand all these dilemmas and once you understand this, it has to be a experiential thing theory is only to get you started but you have to experience experientially it will come to you because once you genuinely practice i mean not a show of practice genuinely when you practice you will get yourself an idea of what you are facing what your enemies look like in the christian faith this is what they call as the enemy it's not a real person with a gun standing in front of you you know your anxiety is your enemy you know pride is your enemy and in both of them what is in the middle i you know so you have to at least know yourself and then you have to know your enemy and then victory is possible and if you have to know yourself and if you have to know your enemy you have to start early when you are strong when you when you have a chance of fighting when you have a chance of winning so by the time you are getting old you are an experienced fighter so then you don't need too many soldiers and you don't need too many weapons you are already so experienced you just you just know your wisdom is going to be your biggest strength at that time you know that is the teaching and the other i want to repeat one more thing having negative qualities negative energies doesn't mean we are bad inherently it is natural so if you introspect and if you find that yes i still have calm i still have krodh i still have lobh i still have matsarya i have these vikaras it's okay it's natural that doesn't mean you are not eligible for god what is a problem are you willing to acknowledge the existence of these within you and are you willing to make a sincere effort to direct those energies towards god that is the whole point if you make that effort then victory comes to you 
तो लेट्स गो टू श्लोका सिक्सटी सिक्स त्रिरूप भंग त्रिरूप भंग पूर्वक पूर्वक निदास भजनात्मक प्रेम कार्यम प्रेम कार्यम एक्सलेंट वॉट दट मीन्स इज ट्रांसेंडिंग द थ्री फॉर्म्स ऑफ लव love god like an eternal servant or devoted wife so naraji is of the opinion that the greatest examples of selfless love are the ones which are expressed by a humble and selfless servant or a loyal and devoted wife naraji is of opinion that these two people demonstrate that kind of selfless love so he says our love for god should be similar to that so what is he saying transcend love in the three modes of nature what are the three modes of nature tamasik rajasik satvik and engage in god devotion without any cause or purpose in other words like sulata ji was asking as a few sessions ago love for the sake of love bhakti is both the means and the end love is both the means and the end that is the true selfless love and that is what naraji is asking it is very extremely difficult it's not easy at all practicing reaching that level of love is extremely difficult but we are all students of divine love that's why we are going into this topic so deeply why because as long as we are under the influence of gunas how can just our love become free of those gunas it's not easy lot of practice is required there so one of the things we can do to reach that stage is constantly remind ourselves that there is no motive for my love constantly tell yourself i am capable of love just for the sake of love i have there is no motive practice practice keep reminding yourself you know whenever you say i love somebody try to get into that mode of i just love no i love somebody because there is no because the because doesn't exist you know we have to keep practicing that so that is what naraji means by premaiva karyam love should be just for the sake of love so there is a great text called bhakti rasamrita sindhu some of you may already know that it is written by rupa goswami and rupa goswami was a disciple of lord chaitanya himself so very very uh, elevated soul and he says bhukti mukti spraha yavat pishashi hridi vartate tavad bhakti sukhasyatra katam abhyudayo bhavet the material desire to enjoy the material world and the desire to become liberated from material bondage they are like two witches who haunt us as long as this witches remain within the heart there is no possibility of experiencing the transcendental bliss of god's divine love if you remember right at the beginning of bhakti sutra we we said there should be no desire for mukti or bhukti no mukti no bhukti only bhakti right that is what here rupa goswami also says 
you know let 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 those things not distract us so it's very beautiful he says as long as the witches he is calling them as witch mukti is one witch and bhukti is another witch so he says as long as these two witches exist in your heart how can the queen of bhakti be in your heart <laughs> how can the queen be in the middle of two witches not possible so that's what he is saying so he is saying get rid of those witches then the queen will enter your heart okay. so let us not say god give me liberation i'll you know or let us not say god i'll come to the temple every day if you you know get me that promotion you know those things let let them not be there is what he is saying and lord krishna has said in the shrimad bhagavatam krishna said one who has fixed his consciousness in me desires neither the position or abode of lord brahma or lord indra nor an empire on the earth nor sovereignty in the lower planetary systems nor the eightfold perfection of yoga nor liberation from birth and death they don't want any of that even if i give somebody even if i tell somebody okay i will i will make you brahma that person says oh i'm not interested what am i going to do becoming brahma i don't need i just need you my lord if the lord says i'll make you indra i'll give you all the apsaras still say you know what am i going to do with all of that you remember the story of nachiketa right he went to yama and yama was trying to distract nachiketa i will give you this i'll give you that i'll give you everything but nachiketa was firm he's like what am i going to do with any of that i just need answers to my questions that was his primary just like that when we approach god krishna is himself saying you know people who are really for, you know really truly devoted to me and people who i really love are people who are least interested in any of these things they love me only for the sake of love so that is the kind of love we should strive to achieve in the path of bhakti yoga so as i said many times you are all post graduate students in bhakti so anybody asks you what do you love god never start with because <laughs> because that is still not there yet you know the right answer is why should i need a reason i love god because i just love god there is no purpose there is no reason the day we can say that with conviction that i love god for the sake of love and there is no reason for my love then we can say that we are in a mode of selfless love and we are getting very close to our journey and just like we discussed a while ago you cannot say that one fine day i will just magically have that love for god it doesn't work like that can you have to practice practice it utilize the people in your life utilize your mother your father your whatever your spouse utilize your teacher see if you can get into that mode and then you become ready you practice practice and eventually you are ready to exercise that kind of love for god and guaranteed god says that is all i am looking for god is longing for that you know because that is the only thing we can give there is nothing else we can give god sarvalokamaheshwaram he has everything the only thing we can give god 
is love for the sake of love using our own free will so i think that should be the best yoga that we practice that is why bhakti yoga is the most precious because that directly helps us practice that one thing that god really wants all other yogas is for our benefit ashtanga yoga i will live long i'll be flexible jnana yoga i'll become smart and intelligent karma yoga you know i'll become a karmi and i will have a good life because i know how to handle my karmas whereas bhakti yoga there is no i it's all for god so i hope this all made sense with that we conclude the fourth section of the bhakti sutra and uh, next session we can start the final section the fifth section with that i can stop the recording i can open the floor for any questions